Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. Today's episode is part one of a series about spiritual restoration. Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. Once again, it's always great to be with you, John. It's great to be with you, Mark. I just returned from a brutal two-week trip of international travel, and you know that sounds a whole lot funner than it is. <laughs> you know, when you do it a lot, you it, you know it gets a little bit wearying. But one of the highlights of this trip mm-hmm. was visiting a drug and rehab, drug and alcohol rehab center yeah. that works in a pl- context where there are people groups that really don't like each other. Mm. And to see people from both sides of this conflict that's ages yeah. old, whose lives have been broken by drug addiction, by alcoholism and yeah. other, you know, s- addictive behaviors, to see them being made one in Christ, being restored to one another, yeah. And to see their lives put back on a positive track was just so incredibly encouraging. So yeah. today, I think it'd be great if we were to talk about the subject of spiritual restoration. I mean, I saw firsthand this past week <laughs> yeah. some like really, I mean, honestly, even in a secular setting like this country that I just came from, they would have looked at these people and went, they're beyond hope. Yep. And yet their lives totally changed for the glory of God. So today, let's just dive deep into the subject of spiritual restoration. That sounds amazing. All right. So from your perspective, how do we define spiritual restoration? Uh, Good question. And I'm sure that there's a lot of definitions for that. This is the way that I see restoration is, is when the you know when the first love that we're supposed to have for Christ mm-hmm. is replaced with something else as a believer that puts us into a position of needing to renew our first love and that can be a a, a lot of different levels mm-hmm. of where we're at and the need for restoring that but because probably all of us go through seasons and times that we need that refreshing of the holy spirit to get us back in line but when we drift so far that it's not just a, a you know like a prayer of repentance at a revival meeting, mm-hmm. but it's something that has gone deeper and longer that we need to really recalculate where our spiritual lives are at. I think that that's when restoration is that that need of restoring my relationship back as a priority with Christ. Right, and you know, help me if you think I'm wrong here, but one of the things I've noticed is that. When we grow cold, mm-hmm. when we start drifting away from Christ, usually there are behaviors that are also attached to that. So there's a heart matter, yes. but there's also oftentimes sinful mm-hmm. actions that become the the results, the, the yeah. fruit of yeah. the heart. 100%. And when Jesus talks about cleaning the cup and he goes, hey, you can't just clean the outside. God wants to get to the inside of the cup. What, what it, really what he's saying in that is that God, I believe, has created us with this, this desire and need to have a relationship with him. And when we don't keep it in that place, 
we have all of these natural temptations that are around us. Mm. And that when that relationship is not right, it, it gets replaced with these other things. So you can see it. I know God never tempts us, and I don't believe that God is the one that brings us to, the, to that place. But it's the emptiness of our own hearts that then when our life is not filled with this ongoing love and devotion to Christ, all of the sudden other things come in and begin to meet those needs, whether it's mm. whether it's sexual issues, whether it's pride, whether it's money. There can be other things that be- begin to take the place of Christ being seated on the throne of your heart. And that is when you start to get into this place of, you know, I, I kind of am serving two masters of resetting and, and bringing it back to a place that Jesus is seated at the throne of our heart. And we, we deal with restoring whatever is broken along the way. Sure. You know, one of the things that I've noticed through the years, you know, the, the scripture uses the term, the deceitfulness of sin. Yep. You know, we, we aren't saved because we got our lives straight. <laughs> you know, we stopped somehow. We, we, we cleaned up our act, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That we're, we're as lost with a clean act as we are with an with a act that's as broken as it could possibly be. Mm. You know, it's, it's that belief, faith, repentance, grace, all of those things that factor into us coming to faith in Christ. But there does seem to be this issue of the deceitfulness of sin, yep. like that we, even as we're walking with Christ, if, if we start giving ourselves over to sinful actions that become yep. sinful patterns, that become sinful habits, my experience in watching people is that it starts with an action, it eventually impacts how they think. Yes. And so they, they started out with like, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fudge a little bit here, yeah. you know, and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. And the next thing you know, they're, 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 they're re-examining. Mm-hmm. Maybe even today the term would be deconstructing their yeah. faith. Yes. You know, and, and, you know, C.S. Lewis was famous for saying that mankind looks for spiritual structures that support their moral choices. Yes. And it seems like you've got two different issues here. You've got that. One, the sinful behavior, and then what we think and what we believe about God and ourselves. Help me bring those two together. Yeah, no, uh, Mark, 100%. And you, what what happens is what, what you believe, your theology, and how you think will determine how you behave, and particularly for believers. Because, listen, Christ is meant for us to live an abundant life. Christ is meant for us to live a life of freedom. But there, this world is filled with landmines. And whether you're in a place that you need complete restoration mm-hmm. or I believe that every one of us have temptations, things that we face, um, a world that we confront, that if we don't maintain our spiritual lives that we find ourselves in broken. It's, it's like with your car. If you don't change the oil, at some point the engine's going to blow. Mm-hmm. And so it, in our own spiritual lives, if we don't maintain that relationship with Christ, that, uh, you know, our times of prayer and in the word and that ongoing relationship, if you don't, if you're not maintaining that, that thriving spiritual life, mm-hmm. eventually you come to a place that, that is, that things start to break down and then you need to reset. That is probably the crux 
of understanding what restoration is. Sure. All right. So unless you've been living in a cave somewhere, you know, <laughs> you've probably seen over the last couple of years some pretty major mm-hmm. names in Christian leadership yes. that have fallen. And it's easy for us to look to them and kind of go, okay, yeah, those guys, you know, they really messed up, They, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to question whether they should be restored. But today, we're just talking about any Christ follower. Yes. Because before you're in ministry, you're a Christ follower. Right. And so today, we just want to dive deep into this yeah. understanding of what does it look like to be restored? And then maybe even as a precursor, what are some things that we should say? How do we protect ourselves from needing to be yeah. restored? So why don't we start there? How, what are the what are the three or four things that we need to put into place to prevent us from needing that spiritual restoration? Yeah, good, good, Mark. I, you know, the first thing I would say to you, it's really important that we make that distinction because even the scripture, Paul even says that a call to ministry that we're we're held to a higher standard than than yeah. what a congregant. Uh, is held to. And it is a privilege to be in full-time ministry as uh, apostolic, prophetic, pastor, teacher, leader, evangelist. Th- th- those are those are places of honor in the church. And they're not they're not uh, positions that w- that we can take lightly. They're right. that's really important. But we do all begin as believers. And the and the problem becomes is when people get into high profile situations and those underpinnings aren't correct, the fall is greater and it affects more people. And so so when it comes to individually, and this is where we're really focusing on today, next week I think will be a great discussion. But we we, we start in those processes of, of keeping and maintaining good things. And I already said the word, staying in the word, staying in, in prayer in an ongoing way. Um, I do believe it's something that we should do daily, but I don't think we, you necessarily have to be legalistic about that. I, some people are like, if they miss a day of prayer, you know, they feel like they're backslidden. I don't I don't know that I would really, you know, put it into that context. But there needs to be that ongoing time of relationship with Christ and talking to him and then getting into the word. Another thing that's really important is is the people that we surround ourselves Absolutely, with. Absolutely, yeah. Being having good friends that are believers, being in a healthy church family where where you're growing. What what you feed on is how you grow. And those are things that God has put into place. We should all have uh spiritual relationships where we can go to people and be honest with the condition of our heart, where we're at, and and talk in a very honest way. Th- those are those are things that God has put into our life as protect uh, pr- protecting things. Having pastors and leaders in our life that can help direct us if they begin to see that maybe our spiritual uh, our spiritual life isn't maybe reflecting what it should. Yeah, I. You know, I I would agree 100%. I think I would even take it a, de- a level deeper, and that is, you know, part of community in a in a in our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, where where we're in church, where we're you know involved in being fed and ministering. Yeah. It's it's yes, having a pastor who speaks into our life. But the truth is, in most of us, we don't really know the pastor very well. Yeah. You know, so it's I think in a in a church in a healthy situation. It's who do we know deeply and who knows us, us deeply. Yep. So, you know, regardless of where we are, we're at in the church, mm-hmm. that there's people in there that are going to come to us and go, hey, how you doing? 
you know, no, really, how are you doing? You know, right. you know, it, you know, John Wesley used to have the accountability groups with, you know, the men that he would meet with. And, you know, they'd go through this list of questions. And I always laugh because the very last question was, have you lied to me about any of the previous <laughs> questions? <laughs> Just to give people a chance, you know, but, but there is something interesting about that because if, We've had an accountability movement sort of take place in America. And if we're not careful, my experience has been that accountability simply becomes sin management. Mm. You know, oh, you know, two guys get together and they're like, sorry, this seems to be like the pervasive issue of the day. You know, I watch porn this week. The other guy goes, yeah, me too. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. You know, it's like I've confessed to you, but I haven't gone deep in my confession and need for repentance and restoration before God. Yep. So, you know, it's it's it seems like it's all of this. It's Bible, the scriptures renewing our minds. It's the yep. spirit at work in our lives and us being sensitive to it. When when we when the Lord points out something that we're we're messing up on, that we're quick to repent. You know, that we have people in our lives that will speak truth into our lives, that we're in healthy Christian community. I think if all those things are in place, it probably helps us to not go towards spiritual and the need for spiritual restoration. But let's just. Ass- it's not immunity. <laughs> it's no, absolutely it's not. Immunity. not. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because I've, I've had people that have had three and four people that they have oversight in their life. But if you listen, if you lie to all three or four of them, yeah. then you know what's the what's the good of having an accountability partner if you're not if you're not being honest, and and that becomes the crux of, of of an issue is like more than anything, your walk with God has to do with your heart, yep. and you know accountability is fine, but you have to be in a place where you embrace the accountability and you're and you're using those relationships to help you walk your faith out. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. So let's assume that somebody in that is a good friend of ours uh, has, it's become clear they are in need of spiritual restoration. Yeah. What does that look like? How do we help them? Because I'm sure there's somebody listening today yeah. um, that one, maybe they need to be spiritually restored. Yeah. You know, or two, they've got somebody that they're close to in their life and they want to see them restored and not live under the burden of guilt, but at the same time to repent and be yeah. restored. So walk us through that. Yeah, a couple of good places in Matthew uh, is, is actually a great passage where um, when Jesus talks about having fault with a brother. And that can be whether you have an issue with a brother or you see a fault in a brother that can be either way. And then and the way that the process goes is you start first uh, to engage with that person and go, hey, I'm seeing these things. And, you know, um, and then if you if you if the person is not listening or, or not receptive, then you go with two or three leaders and then the process eventually goes to the church. But one thing that I love in that, and I think that the first place has to begin in, in the person who is doing the restoration, because the Bible says uh, you who are spiritual mm. restore the weaker brother. Yep. And it has to start in your own motivation. Sure. If there's anything in your motivation that's legalistic or harsh, 
That, that's the first thing that has to be dealt with. And what the passage says, that if your brother responds, you have won your brother. brother. Yeah. And, if, and if that is not the foundation of restoration, then, then we've, we've missed something. We've gone to a legalistic place that I, I, I believe doesn't really have any part of re- restoration. Legalism never restores anybody. It is the grace and the love of God. So the, the, it always has to be about restoring a brother. And so that, that's the first place I would go. And most of the time, I find that when you begin to speak or begin to deal with an issue, most of the time people, if they're an honest person and they really want help, that's the first place of engagement. But if it doesn't, then you go with two or three people who love the person, make mm-hmm. sure that they love the person sure. and their, their heart is, because I, I believe that our heart has to be exactly what the Heavenly Father's is. It always has to be with the heart of restoring them back to relationship. Yeah. It's never about finger pointing. It's never about legalism. That will always bring you to dry, empty places. It's about restoring the communion with the Heavenly Father. Well, you know, Luke 15, story of the prodigal son, mm. you know, it says that when the son, he's he spent all the money, you know, he's done everything. He's at the point of starvation. He winds up yeah. in a pig pen, you know, and it says he came to his senses. Yeah. It's like everything that we're doing in the life of a person who is wandering away, that should be our number one goal in their life is to help them come to their senses, yep. spiritually speaking. Because if they don't acknowledge their need for restoration, even if we see it, right. doesn't matter. <laughs> if they don't see it, we're wasting our time. And it sounds so easy. Oh, you would go, yeah. oh, well, they came to their senses. But it, it is the most important step. Even, you know, secular programs, AA and other things, the first the first part of the process has to be, I understand that I have an issue. If, if you can't first come to the understanding that I have an issue, how can you ever fix something that you can't identify? Sure. And so that prodigal son coming to his senses is the first is the first step that has to happen before he gets back to the father's house. Yep. And our ultimate goal is like you said earlier is restoration yep. with the father. Yeah. So we're we're kind of wrapping up our time here today. Um give us one or two closing thoughts as it relates to the idea of spiritual restoration. Well, since since you brought up the prodigal son, th- this is a great way of understanding. You may be watching today and you're and you're thinking, "Hey, I'm struggling with some things and got some areas of brokenness or I know somebody that has what what is restoration just just putting it into a bottom line is 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 when in our hearts we have strayed from the father, just like the prodigal son. And then the beginning of the healing is when you're awakened to go, hey, I really have to get this fixed. But when you can see the outcome, the outcome is eventually he comes. And I, I think you know this uh, in places in the Middle East, that they have a different name for that parable. They call it the parable of the running father. Because this, when this man comes back and he's broken and he's, he, he, he never really understands the heart of the father. But when the father runs out to him and he says, put a ring on his finger, and that ring is the authority of the believer. Wrap him in robes of righteousness. It's the righteousness of Christ. And give him sandals. Put sandals on his feet, which is to serve God and to be back in that place of being fruitful in the kingdom, back in the Father's house. Is that that has to be 
that has to be the motivation of our heart. Is it's not about um, it's not about legalism. It's not about shame. It's not about guilt. But it's about you know, hey, sometimes in our life. We get stuck in pig pen places. Some of some of us, sure. shorter periods of time, some longer periods of time, but the restoration is coming back and having the robes of righteousness and the ring of authority and the sandals that we serve the Father with. And, and that, when you can get that as the goal, it makes the journey to restoration that much greater because the reason that God wants us re- restored is so that we can be living in the kingdom loving in the kingdom, serving in the kingdom. And that's the heart and the passion of the Father. So if we can really capture that, I think that we capture the whole understanding of what spiritual restoration. And then, you know, another thing just to throw this out, but, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll talk more about this next week, but there's times that people get restored and then they leave and then restore, you know, uh, hey, it's like the prodigal son you know, going back to the pig pen five or six times, somewhere there becomes a a thing of going, hey, we really have to go to some deep issues. There's some issues of your heart that really have to be dealt with. Otherwise, you're going to live in this place of defeat and futility. And God wants us to live the abundant life. Sure. And uh, that's what his desire is for us to walk in that. Amen. Today, maybe you've been uh, listening to this and one of two things is happening. One, maybe the Holy Spirit speaking to your own life about your own need for spiritual restoration. And if that's the case, we want to pray for you today. But also, if you are walking beside somebody, maybe a friend, maybe a family member, maybe a spouse, you know, that is in need of spiritual restoration, their heart has grown cold, they've wandered away from their first love. We want to pray that God will give you favor to speak into their lives, and then he'll give you wisdom as you walk in the Spirit to help them. So let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you today for the fact that you do have this heart of the Father that is always longing for his children to return home. Thank Lord, you. today, that's what that's that was the sole Jesus. motivation for this topic of discussion, not just to provide some factual information, but we believe that there are men and women whose lives need to be restored to their Heavenly Father. So today, Lord, we ask that if somebody has been listening, watching, Lord, that you would encourage them, if their heart has grown cold, to come back to the Father. Lord, to repent, just to turn around and be surprised that the Heavenly Father is right there. They don't have to work their way back to Him. He never left them. Lord, they just need to reposition and see that He is right there. So today, Lord, if there are people in that situation, we ask that you would help them to return, to repent, and to be restored. And then, Lord, for those who are walking beside people who are in need of repentance and restoration, Lord, we pray for favor. Lord, we pray that you would give those people an open heart and an open mind to listen to the words of the people that we've been talking to today. Lord, we pray that you would help us be able to help those that we care about and we love, help them be able to come to their senses. Lord, we understand that that's not going to happen simply because um, we reasoned them back into the kingdom. We understand that the Spirit of God has got to be at work in their lives, Lord. And so we ask for that today. Lord, give us sensitive ears and minds to be able to lead our friends, our family, and those we come into contact with back toward restoration. We ask this in Christ's name. 
Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. As a follow-up to our conversation, we'd like to recommend Gary Wilkerson's sermon series through the Psalms called A Heart After God. You can find that at worldchallenge.org or you can get more information in today's show notes. Join us next time for a conversation on what the process of spiritual restoration looks like. We'll see you then.